You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker coming right up.
We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. And, of course, we're here right out here at the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. And we're, of course, on your dial at 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this evening we're paying tribute to one of the great pianists in jazz, and also a little later on in the show to his brother, because I have an advance copy of a CD that was given to me by my good friend Don Fraser, who is going to be playing drums on this, uh, of Errol Garner's brother Linton, who was a huge, huge part of jazz life in Vancouver and one of the most beloved uh, immigrants to Vancouver. And Linton was here for many, many years and, of course, befriended everyone. And uh, we all loved Linton Garner, and and he, in turn, loved all of us. And uh, he was such an inspiration to, uh, to everyone, including myself. Errol Garner, of course, was very famous, and that was Linton's younger brother. He watched his younger brother grow up and start to play the piano at age three. And uh, (laughs) his little brother Errol just um, began to listen to tunes on the radio, and he would listen carefully and... Then he turned the radio off, and he'd be able to play the tune on the piano. No training, nothing. It was natural, magical talent. And Errol Garner, of course, um, created one of the most original piano styles in jazz music and really was a huge influence on many, many, many piano players, ranging from Herbie Hancock to McCoy Tyner to Oscar Peterson Uh, to Phineas Newborn, all the great piano players have all been touched in some way by Errol Garner. And I remember um, at Corey Weed Cellar listening to Mike LaDawn one night. Mike, of course, is a a fantastic organ player, but of course his main instrument, well, (laughs) I can't say his main instrument, his other instrument is piano. And he um, took a solo on a piece, and he went right into Garner's style with that strumming left hand. And uh, you could almost shut your eyes, and, and, and Errol was in the room. Uh, Mike captured Errol Garner's style, and it was, it was really something to hear. And, of course, he got a huge round of applause after his solo. What we're going to hear tonight is a bunch of Previously unissued stuff from one of the most famous concerts in jazz music, and also the best selling jazz record of all times. A lot of people think Kind of Blue by Miles Davis is the best selling jazz record, or Take Five by Dave Brubeck. They're up there, yes. This one caps it. It's Errol Garner's Concert by the Sea. And originally that was issued on an LP, and it lasted something like a little over 40 minutes. Now, 
I remember reading as a kid in in uh, Downbeat magazine that Errol played two sets. Somehow it, this stuck in my mind, and it became most other people sort of knew this that read the article and so on and so forth. We all knew that Errol Garner played two sets, 40 minutes on an LP. That was about the maximum, or 40 minutes plus, that was about the maximum you could put on a 12-inch LP. When the CD hit in the early 80s, I know a lot of people were thinking, well, Columbia's going to issue Concert by the Sea with a whole bunch of extra stuff that they never put out. Well, no, they didn't, because they couldn't due to legal ramifications with the Errol Garner estate. And Errol uh, died in 1977, and he was managed by a very, very feisty lady who, who really took care of Errol and his career. Her name was Martha Glazer, and um, she made sure that uh, um, all kinds of stuff was uh, legally bound and so on. Most jazz musicians, you know, they, they were exploited over the years. Errol was never exploited. Um, she managed to raise his, his pay to the highest uh, uh, possible, and uh, she also put him in places where um, black jazz musicians were never heard, upscale uh, restaurants and, and, and uh, small bars and, and so on, where, where you'd never see a black person. Errol Garner's music was that appealing, though, because people that didn't necessarily even like jazz liked Errol Garner's music. It, it transcended jazz. But getting back to this record, so the, the CD issue was exactly the same as the LP, nothing more. And everybody was scratching their heads, and then, of course, eventually nobody talked about it anymore. And all of a sudden, just a few weeks ago, Columbia issued a three-CD set, The Complete Concert by the Sea by Errol Garner which took place at the Sunset Theater in Carmel, California, September 19, 1955. There were 11 unissued tunes from this concert, plus more longer announcements by the uh, entrepreneur Jimmy Lyons, who was a very, very well-respected and loved uh, disc jockey and concert promoter, and you hear his, we're going to hear his voice and uh, introducing Errol and, and everyone in the band. Um, so that's basically the story. Uh, there were legalities. Um, Columbia Records, uh, there was a whole legal case against Columbia Records. Uh, they issued some Garner material that uh, Errol didn't approve of. And Martha Glazer, uh, etc., fought for Errol's rights. Now, Errol even though he was self-taught, did not read music ever. He didn't even know what key he was playing in. He didn't know a B-flat from an E-flat to a C. He just played wherever his hands fell on the piano, and he could play anything. Um, that kind of talent doesn't come along every day, and uh, anybody that thinks they can do that is, is pretty naive. Most of us have to study very hard to even play with the minimum of competence and uh, Errol, Errol didn't have to do this. Uh, Linton, his older brother, told me all kinds of stories about his younger brother. He loved Errol. 
And he was, of course, he was so unhappy when, when Errol died so young. Errol was only 53 years old when he died in 1977. Born in Pittsburgh, Errol was an amazing musician and a true genius. And uh, talking about Errol Garner's, um, the fact that he, he was not a verbose man, uh, and he was not particularly uh, verbally lucid either, um, but he was not a naive man either. He wasn't a naive. He wasn't someone who could be conned or anything like that. He exuded happiness. He never said a bad word about anybody. He was pleasant, funny. Um, he knew what was going on, but when he got this, uh, this excellent uh, agent, Martha Glazer, then his fortunes really changed. Uh, he was already famous, but she was able to keep his career going and also raise his, uh, the money that he made. So when Errol died, he, he left quite a bit of money, and there's an Errol Garner Foundation, which um, caters to young kids learning music and all this kind of stuff. It's a scholarship fund and um, all that sort of thing, because Errol didn't really uh, live a, uh, leave a family. He never married, and uh, so there, was no, there were no children and so on to leave the money to. I know Linton, his brother, got a little bit, but uh, that was about it. Um, and so most of the money went into this Errol Garner Foundation. Anyway, getting back to this concert and all the unissued stuff, Columbia did a great job, three CDs of it, they issued, uh, uh, the first two CDs are the complete concert, everything. And the third CD is um, the original 40-minute or 40-minute-plus um, album, which everybody knew, and a very rare interview that was done after the concert by Errol and the gentleman in his trio. So it's a really wonderful package, and um, it's really a tribute to Errol Garner and his music that this is finally, after all the legalities and stuff, uh, have all been erased, and uh, now this thing is available. And, of course, it's this legendary album. All right, so we're going to get to the music and the, and the people involved here. Errol Garner on piano, on bass, Eddie Calhoun, and on drums, one of the best brushmen in the business, Denzel DeCosta Best. And Garner's material is mostly standard tunes, and that's what he loved to play, and he interpreted them in his own way. And we're going to hear the, the, um, the first set, and then I'm going to add something at the, uh, at the very end. We're going to play the conclusion of the whole concert, which was a climactic version of uh, uh, Errol Garner's Caravan, a version of Caravan that uh, nobody but Errol Garner could play, play it so well. Anyway, what we're going to hear now is we're going to open with the original announcement, the extended announcement by the producer of the whole show, Jimmy Lyons, the great respected uh, DJ and, and concert promoter. And then Errol's going to go into the first tune, which is uh, Cole Porter's Night and Day. Then we're going to go into a Richard Rogers, Lorenz Hart tune, Spring is Here, beautiful song. And then an up-tempo version of a great jazz tune, 
or a tune that most jazz musicians play, I'll Remember April by DePaul and Ray. And then a ballad once again, The Nearness of You, my mom's favorite tune by Hoagy Carmichael. And then tune number six is a great tune by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart, Where or When. And then a tune that Thelonious Monk loved to play, one of his favorite standard tunes by Harry Tobias, Sweet and Lovely. That's the name of the tune. Then we're going to hear a great version of George Shearing's big hit, The Lullaby of Birdland. Everybody knows that tune. And then a Nero Garner original called Mambo Carmel, dedicated to the venue that they were playing, the city. And then we're going to hear that old, great old tune uh, by Gene DePaul and Sammy Khan called Teach Me Tonight. Remember that one? Yeah, it was a big hit in the 50s. And then a great Matt Dennis tune called When You Still Be Mine. And a ballad, I Cover the Waterfront. And then we're going to hear an up-tempo version of a great jazz standard by Bernie Miller, Bernie's Tune. And then uh, um, an original by um, a trombone player who played with Duke Ellington and various people, Tyree Glenn. And he wrote this tune, How Could You Do a Thing Like That to Me? That's the title of that one. And then finally, on the first set, the end tune is Cole Porter's It's All Right With Me. Then we're going to move over and to the second set and the conclusion of the second set with this magnificent version of Caravan by Juan Teasall and then a little bit of Errol's theme and the closing announcement by Jimmy Lyons and everyone else. So that's it. I'm out of breath. We better get to the concert. It's going to be fun. The music of Errol Garner. Nobody like Errol. And uh, once again... Here is Jimmy Lyons to introduce everyone in the band. With a great glow of wonderful friendship and a great glow of the assumption that you're all going to be thrilled right out of your shoes tonight. The mighty man of them all, my dear friend, Errol Garner. Errol...
Eddie Calhoun, Denzel DaCosta Best. You know something? You haven't heard Errol say one word, and he's got a great voice. I always insisted he should go on the air. Errol, say one word. It's worse than Louis Armstrong. <laughs> and with that, our jazz feature this evening, a fairly long one, and uh, we played you a good part of that legendary concert played by Errol Garner and, of course, uh, considered to be one of his finest recordings. Errol Garner was an incredibly consistent performer and uh, throughout his career, and I, I really don't think there's any re you know, bad or lesser recordings of Garner, but that particular concert, this, he, was, he was inspired, and the group was so great. Um, his accompanying musicians, Eddie Calhoun on bass and Denzel DaCosta Best on drums, as you heard Jimmy Lyons say. And, of course, that, that wonderful little ending where Errol Garner speaks, <laughs> which he didn't do that often. He wasn't a particularly verbose human being. He was just a little guy, you know. He was only five foot four, And um, they used to uh, call him the little uh, brown elf. And uh, that's uh, kind of the way, you know, he, he, he was. If you see any videos of Errol Garner, and, and there's a few of them on, on YouTube, you will see the, the absolute joy uh, that he took playing. The piano was really his home. And uh, as I said, he was a small man. So one of his props was that a Manhattan telephone directory, which was at the time the biggest in the world. He carried that with him because he had to put that on the piano seat so that he could sit up high enough to play the keyboard. <laughs> so there you go. And that... that um, uh, Manhattan Telephone Directory, as worn out as it got, is actually in the Garner uh, Museum, and um, they've um, the, the the Garner Institute has has been offered tons of money for it, but I I don't think the um, they're ever going to sell it. It's really 
a very important piece of Errol Garner. Anyway, we heard a whole bunch of music, mostly standard tunes that Garner loved to uh, interpret and, and, and do in his own inimitable way. That left hand, like a, like a rhythm guitar, especially on the up-tempo tunes. And, and he loved to play ballads. He loved big, flowery beginnings and, and uh, just get into the, the soul of a ballad. And, and that's, you know, you have to think of his piano playing, too, as um, a reflection of the piano as a, as a full orchestra. He thought, of, he thought of the piano not as a single-line instrument like so many people uh, he thought of it as a full orchestra, and that's the way, that's the way he developed his, uh, his concept. So we heard um, the initial announcement by Jimmy Lyons, who promoted the concert. It all took place September 19, 1955, in Carmel, California, at the uh, Sunset Theater. And uh, this, we heard all kinds of uh, tunes on here that uh, have never been before released until this deluxe set the 3D or 3CD set, The Complete Concert by the Sea by Errol Garner with uh, extensive notes, wonderful pictures, and uh, all kinds of rare stuff. And it's a really, really nice package. Um, the tunes, once again, um, after the initial announcement, we heard Cole Porter's Night and Day. We followed that with Richard Rogers' Spring is Here, beautiful ballad. Uh, and then an up-tempo tune, I'll Remember April. Then the my mom's favorite tune, uh, the Nearness of You by Hoagie Carmichael. And then uh, Where or When, Up Tempo Again by Richard Rogers and Lorenz Hart. And then uh, a tune, as I mentioned, that was played a lot, uh, one of Monk's favorite standards. And the tune was Sweet and Lovely by Harry Tobias. Then George Shearing's classic, Lullaby of Birdland. And then a Gardner original called Mambo Carmel. And then we followed that with uh, a real, very pop, popular standard, Teach Me Tonight by Gene DePaul and Sammy Kahn. And then another great standard, Will You Still Be Mine, Matt Dennis. And um, then a, a ballad once again, I Cover the Waterfront by Johnny Green. And then an up-tempo version of a great jazz tune by Bernie Miller called Bernie's Tune. Then we heard uh, Tyree Glenn's great tune. He was a trombonist with uh, Duke Ellington and played vibes as well. He wrote the thing called, How Could You Do a Thing Like That to Me? And that was part of Garner's repertoire. And then we heard Cole Porter's great tune, It's All Right With Me, taken way up. And then the final selection was, of course, this incredible version of Caravan, written by Juan Teasall for the Duke Ellington Orchestra. And then we heard a little bit of Errol's theme and then the closing announcement of this historic concert. So I certainly hope you enjoyed it. Uh, as I said, a, a fairly lengthy jazz feature this time. And uh, Errol Garner's music uh, transcended jazz. A lot of people that uh, had no love for jazz music loved Errol Garner. Somehow his music appealed uh, to people um, beyond, the, uh, beyond jazz lovers. And uh, there's a, a universal appeal to, to his music. And, um, of course, his delightful personality just... Uh, uh, really put forth those, uh, those good vibes. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. There's more Garner but, uh, coming up, but this time by his older brother who lived here for so many years, was a big part of my life, big part of everybody that plays jazz here in Vancouver, the great Linton Garner. We're going to hear a couple of uh, selections with Linton 
and uh, one of his uh, gentlemen that I was uh, hung out with yesterday quite a bit, uh, one of my favorite saxophone players from here who unfortunately no longer plays uh, due to health concerns, uh, Stuart Lowsby. And um, he's a Scotsman who moved here and a great, great player. And it was, I was at a memorial service uh, celebration of life yesterday. And Stu Lowsby was there, and uh, we, had, we had a great time talking, reminiscing, and all that kind of stuff. So you're going to hear Stu Lowsby, as well as uh, Errol's older brother, Linton Garner, and some other folks. In a very few moments, we have a couple of messages for you. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, or on your computer, www.citr.ca. And, of course, uh, my name is, uh, I think... Just a minute, I've got to check my ID here. Oh, yes, my name's Gavin Walker. I'll be right back. What's so sad? Oh, nothing, really. <laughs> Not very convincing, Jane girl. Whatever it is, I've got just the cure for it. One, two, three, four. Did you know CITR has a women's collective? This brand new collective is all about providing and fostering a community for women who are or who want to be in radio, fighting the gender disparity in media, and centering women's voices and issues. If you are a female-identified person or ally who's already involved in radio or wants somewhere to start, this collective is for you. Email womenscollective at citr.ca for more information and to get involved. And tune in Friday at 6 p.m. for the collective show, Lady Radio, featuring music, interviews, events, news, commentary. Basically anything we care to talk about. See you then. Well, how do you like it? There's only one word for it. Terrific. <laughs> you know, I'm so proud of it. It's almost indecent. Right Honorable W.L. Mackenzie King, Prime Minister of Canada, speaking from Ottawa. There is no home in Canada, no family, and no individual whose fortunes and freedom are not bound up in the present struggle. This Remembrance Day, CITR presents At Home and Overseas. More than two dozen Vancouver actors recreate the personal stories of those who experienced firsthand what life was like in Canada during the Second World War. Wednesday, November 11th, from 6.30 to 8 a.m. on CITR 101.9 FM. Or look for the podcast at citr.ca. We're gonna hang out the washing on the Siegfried line. Have you any dirty washing, mother dear? We're gonna hang out the washing on the Siegfried line. Cause the washing day is here. Whether the weather may be wet or fine, we'll just rub along. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkameenam-speaking Musqueam people. We're back with some music by... The Elder Garner, Lin, uh, Linton Garner. Linton was um, born um, as his brother was uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Linton lived uh, many years in Montreal and played with uh, some musicians that I know very well. 
But he moved out here and uh, uh, decided to move out west. Uh, he'd never been to Vancouver before. And one of his first um, long-standing gigs was uh, playing in the Garden Lounge at the Four Seasons Hotel. That's when the hotel was fairly new. And Linton had a long-term solo piano gig there, and it was always delightful to go down and, and listen to him and, and hang out. And, of course, uh, Linton also um, was able to do jazz gigs as well. And I, uh, I certainly enjoyed uh, uh, doing some gigs with Linton over the years, as did so many people. One of the, after the Four Seasons gig, there were all kinds of other things, and then uh, there was a club down on uh, Comox and Denman, which was called the Three Greenhorns. That was a great, uh, a great place for music, and Linton secured a gig there, a steady gig, and he hired um, my good friend, one of my closest friends, Don Fraser on drums, and Peter Trill on bass. Peter... Um, very, very fine bassist, uh, lives in the Okanagan now. And on saxophone, Stu Losby. And one of the reasons why he hired Stu was that they had played together quite a bit in Montreal. And uh, um, Stu, of course, had moved out here. And so there was a, there was a connection there. And uh, this uh, quartet was um, really, really, really nice. They had a, long, a long-term gig. At the um, at the three greenhorns, and I was always welcome um, on off nights or nights that I didn't have uh, a gig or anything. I'd go out there, and Linton always asked me to sit in and play. And um, he is he was just wonderful. Um, I can't say enough about Linton Garner. Um, he was he was a true gentleman, and uh, an incredible musician. Very very well schooled. It was funny because he held his brother in such high esteem, and Linton was was really well schooled. Um, he, you know, he could read music. He knew all about chords and and and, and all this kind of stuff. And his brother, being a total genius, uh, knew nothing about music. He just played. Um, Linton had to work hard, but uh, it was very interesting. Linton started his career as a trumpet player, and and was playing in some of the big bands in the uh, in the 30s. But what happened? He had a um, uh, an injury on his on his lip, and he had to give up uh, um, playing the trumpet. And, um, of course, he had always played piano, so that's what he concentrated on. A lot of people don't realize Linton Garner had one hell of a history in jazz music. He's played with everybody, Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie. He wrote music for Dizzy Gillespie's big band. He had, a, he had an incredible history, which um, I could go on and on about. He played with um, uh, Billy Eckstein, Art Blakey, uh, Miles Davis, Lester Young, Della Reese, um, singers loved them, Della Reese, Nancy Wilson, Carmen McRae. Um, incredible career uh, Linton had. And, of course, uh, he was just a wealth of stories and information about everybody. And um, never resorted to talking about uh, sleazy stuff or uh, anything like that. Jim, uh, Linton always held his conversations at a very high level. A true gentleman. And uh, his loss was really deeply felt by everyone here in Vancouver. All right, the music. Linton Garner on piano, Stu Losby on tenor saxophone, Peter Trill on bass, and Don Fraser on drums. We're going to hear... Um, 
three tunes from this album, which is uh, uh, an advanced copy. It's produced by my good friend Don Fraser, and it has other music on it, but we're going to devote um, three tunes to the Linton Garner Quartet, or two tunes to the quartet and one solo piano by Linton. So we're going to open with the quartet, uh, with the personnel I mentioned, with Linton's very famous composition that I had to learn. It's called Blues for Jimmy Q. And Jimmy Q was uh, one of Linton's favorite bartenders from, uh, from Montreal. And they were, they were very close friends. And we're going to follow that with a solo piano piece. Again, a Linton Gardner composition called Pittsburgh Blue. And then we're going to uh, conclude with uh, another Gardner composition uh, with the same band, with the quartet. And it's called Won't You Come Dance With Me. So three tunes featuring the great, late Linton Gardner.
Three tunes featuring the great late Linton Garner with um, two tunes by his uh, quartet with uh, the uh, lusty tenor saxophone of my good buddy Stuart Losby. And uh, as I said, it was one of the more pleasurable moments uh, yesterday at that uh, memorial service to uh, hang out and spend some time with, uh, with Stuart. And I, uh, I sure wish he was able to pick up his horn again because uh, I missed that, uh, that big sound of his. Anyway, we hear him here, and uh, we heard uh, Linton Garner, of course, on piano, uh, Stuart Losby on tenor saxophone, uh, Peter Trill on bass, and Uncle Donald, Donald Fraser, Don Fraser on drums. And uh, Don... Um, has produced this CD, which is a tribute to Linton Garner. There's a bunch of other performances on here. We'll delve into that um, a little later on, further down the road in, uh, in future shows, actually. And uh, it's a very, very nice production. Don put a lot of work into this and uh, as a tribute to, uh, to Linton Garner. And um, this is an advanced copy that I'm playing for you this evening that was given to me by Mr. Fraser himself. All right, the tunes we heard, uh, they were all Linton Garner compositions. The first one was my favorite, Blues for Jimmy Q. Um, And the second solo piano piece was called Pittsburgh Blue. And the third piece, um, which was done live, as you could gather, uh, was uh, entitled Won't You Come Dance With Me? Delightful composition by Linton Garner. There you go. We're going to... uh, Last week, we featured Phil Woods, the great alto saxophonist who who passed away at age 83 not that long ago. And the music that I played you by Mr. Woods, of course, was uh, was very exciting, Uh, one of his most exciting recordings and, and, and bands and so on, but we didn't hear sort of the other side of Phil Woods. Uh, And it's not that the first piece is going to be quite the other side of Phil Woods, but I'm talking about his ability to play um, slower pieces and a ballad. But uh, I've got a surprise for you, first of all, because we're going to turn to the music of Thelonious Monk for the first piece of music that has Phil Woods in the band. And for me, this is one of his greatest solos that we're going to hear and one that influenced me directly. And um, I remember telling Phil about this, and he says, you like that, didn't you? And he told me the whole story (laughs) of the gig. Anyway, uh, we have a couple of uh, brief messages, and then we're going to uh, get into that, uh, plus a couple of um, beautiful ballad items by by Phil Woods that uh, I think you'll enjoy, uh, the other side of this great alto saxophonist. But first... This. Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gives you all kinds of deals with our friends on Main Street, including 10% off an antisocial skateboard shop, Devil May Wear, Red Cat Records, Woo Vintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. All right, well, 
we have Thelonious Monk coming up. First of all, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR. My name is Gavin Walker, and uh, we're here every Monday night with some of the very best in jazz. This piece is very interesting. This is from a very, very famous concert by Thelonious. It was a major event in New York City, uh, and it was recorded at Town Hall with a large orchestra, and unlike Monk's Quartet, and of course, uh, they worked very hard on, on these arrangements and so on. And this piece is a little bit of a tribute to um, this Friday, because this coming Friday this week is going to be Friday the 13th. And that's the name of this piece. It's called Friday the 13th because it was recorded. The original recording was done on Friday the 13th at an earlier session back in 1953. And all, all kinds of uh, things happened on, on that. And Monk wrote this uh, piece very quickly, and the band played it on that uh, early recording session uh, because of all the misfortunes that uh, <laughs> fell upon that particular recording date. We'll have to play that whole date sometime. It's a very, I like it. It's a very good one, but it's a bit, it's, uh, yeah, it's not considered one of Monk's finest hours, but there's some great moments on it. Anyway, this tune, Friday the 13th, is, is unique. It's only four bars long, and, and uh, it's probably the shortest composition that Monk ever wrote. And, of course, uh, uh, the soloists have to play over this four-bar pattern uh, and so on and so forth. The people involved in uh, Monk's large band here uh, this was all recorded February the 28th, 1959, at Town Hall in New York City. Mr. Monk is on piano. Jay McAllister is on tuba. Robert Northern on French horn. Eddie Burt on trombone. Donald Byrd, who you'll hear as a soloist, on trumpet. Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, the great Pepper Adams. Charlie Rouse, of course, is on tenor saxophone. He's magnificent on here. But the guy that really does it for me is Phil Woods on alto saxophone. And as I said, I told Phil, this is, this is like, uh, I, I said, you know, this is your finest moment. I said, you could have retired after this solo. And he said, maybe I should have. <laughs> anyway, that was his answer. Phil was always quick on the uptake. Uh, on bass, Sam Jones. And on drums, the great Art Taylor, Arthur Taylor. So here then is Friday the 13th, and check out, Phil Wood's solo on here. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing. The whole piece is amazing. Enjoy.
from a very famous concert recorded at uh, Town Hall. This was quite an event, and it was uh, the Thelonious Monk Orchestra at Town Hall. And uh, Monk and uh, arranger um, Hall Overton put together these um, orchestral versions of uh, many of uh, Monk's compositions, including this eccentric one that we just heard. Four bars long, that's it. Friday the 13th was the title. And the soloists on there, uh, in the order of appearance, Charlie Rouse on tenor saxophone, of course, was Monk's main man. Thelonious on piano, and then he was followed by that burning solo by Phil Woods. And Mr. Woods was followed by the lyrical, melodic trumpet of Donald Byrd. And uh, there's other people in the band, Sam Jones on bass, and of course, uh, Arthur Taylor on drums was Monk's uh, regular rhythm section, and then the, all the other people I mentioned. Friday the 13th. Yes, it's coming up this Friday, a Friday the 13th. Ooh, be careful. Halloween isn't over yet. Yeah? All right. We're just featuring a little bit of Phil Woods, kind of an other side of, of, of Mr. Woods here. I'd like to play this piece of music. This is a, a, a beautiful ballad written by Michel Legrand, and this is from one of my... Uh, favorite um, albums by Phil Woods called Musique du Bois. And it was recorded, uh, this was his very first album after returning from Europe and from his sojourn over there. And um, his, uh, his style had uh, altered a little bit. But this is a great album because it, uh, it puts Phil in the company of uh, one of the most incredible um, rhythm sections. Jackie Byard on piano, Richard Davis on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums, and Mr. Woods on alto saxophone. We're going to hear two tunes, actually. We're going to begin with the ballad, The Summer Knows, uh, which will demonstrate how Phil Woods can handle a ballad. And then one of the most fascinating compositions by Wayne Shorter, and we're going to hear Phil Woods' version of Nefertiti. So here then, from Musique du Bois, Mr. Phil Woods.
Thank you. 
Well, Mr. Woods took uh, Nefertiti for a ride on that one. Back to the blues. All right. We heard two pieces of music from this uh, wonderful album, his first after returning from his uh, sojourn in Europe. Phil Woods recorded in New York City on uh, January 14th, 1974, and we heard two compositions. The first one was the ballad, the beautiful ballad, The Summer Knows, written by Michel Legrand, and the second one was Wayne Shorter's most famous composition, one of his most famous compositions, Nefertiti, and played by Phil Woods on alto saxophone, Jackie Byard on piano, Richard Davis on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums from Musique du Bois. Great album. One of my favorite Phil Woods albums. There's a lot of great tracks on there. We'll have to, uh, some time down the road, feature that full album. And uh, we shall do that uh, in the new year. We have a couple of uh, messages. We're going to be back with some more music and these uh, significant messages first. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker. This is The Jazz Show. And um, if you want some good reading, check this out. Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. Do you like friends? Well, we like you, so become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. Not only does it make you special, but it gets you all kinds of deals with our friends at UBC and the West Side, like Australian Boot Company, Dentry's Pub, The Bike Kitchen, Limelight Video, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the nest. talked about the weather yet tonight so uh, we will a few clouds tonight and some fog patches and cold it's getting down to uh, almost freezing but it's about two degrees out there that's that's chilly and um, tomorrow is going to be uh, cloudy but the the weather's changing it was a nice beautiful day today really beautiful fall day but uh, tomorrow big changes cloudy with uh, periods of rain beginning in the afternoon it's going to be windy so that's a low of 2 and a high of 9. Wednesday is a mix of sun and cloud, then a 30% chance of a shower. Still windy uh, with a low of 8 and a high of 10. 
Then for the next uh, three days, rain, rain and wind. Uh, temperatures between, that's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Temperatures between uh, 6 and 13. And then on Sunday, I guess a little bit of a respite, um, cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower with a low of 4 and a high of 8. So that's the, um, that's the weather picture. And, of course, Wednesday is Remembrance Day. And uh, I think we should all realize the importance of that particular day and remember and honor the people that, uh, especially the ones that uh, gave their lives to uh, protect things that we believe in. And uh, we have a pretty great country. And we had to uh, go through a whole lot of stuff. First World War, Second World War. Lots of Canadians in the uh, Vietnam War. Lots of Canadians in the Korean War. Afghanistan, Bosnia, the Middle East. We have to honor these people. So do that on Wednesday. Lest we forget. All right. A couple of things. A couple of... uh, Websites to get onto, of course. One of them is the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. It's a very comprehensive website, and it will take you to all sorts of links, um, tickets for events and concerts and all this kind of stuff. You can do it all on on your computer. It's very simple, or on your iPhone, whatever you use. And uh, that website, of course, is coastaljazz.ca. And it shows you that the folks at Coastal Jazz don't go to sleep for a year before the jazz festival. They're working, planning, waiting, and thinking, and doing stuff all the time. And uh, they're alive and well and very, very busy um, doing all kinds of wheeling and dealing and getting together for one of the major cultural events, which, of course, is the jazz festival. But there's so much stuff also during the year. So check out their website, coastaljazz.ca. And another fine website, of course, is the website of my good friend, Brian Nation. Brian Nation keeps it uh, up to date and as much as he possibly can these days. And um, there's lots of uh, stuff on there, interesting bios and all sorts of links on that website. And that's VancouverJazz.com, VancouverJazz.com. One more thing, I always mention my buddy Ken Speller. Ken Speller is a very fine musician. He's also a teacher, and if you ever want to learn uh, or relearn or start all over again or pick up an instrument that you left 20 years ago and want to take it up again. And if it's clarinet, flute, or saxophone, Ken Speller is the guy to call. He'll come to your house and teach you. He does that. And um, his rates are very reasonable, but he's also a very, very good repairman. As a matter of fact, an excellent repairman. And he keeps his prices, again, very, very reasonable because he has his workshop right in his home. So the, he doesn't have the store overhead and, and to keep that up and pay all those uh, exorbitant taxes and so on. It has to keep his prices high. He keeps his prices very low. So if you're an amateur, a pro, uh, a beginner, an advanced student, whatever level you are, you have to keep your instrument in shape whether it's a clarinet or flute or a saxophone. They all require um, tuning up, (laughs) and not just tuning up to the orchestra. Uh, (laughs) Things fall apart on those instruments, lots of moving parts, just like a car. And uh, Ken 
will fix your instrument up to top condition so that you can sound your very best. Give them a call, 778-800-1933. That's 778-800-1933 or kspeller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. kspeller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. One of the great living saxophone players today, and he's still playing, uh, it's amazing. Um, He's doing gigs with his son, George Coleman Jr., but I'm talking about George Coleman Sr., right, who has played with everybody. A major, major voice on the tenor saxophone. He's got a lovely, clear sound, and um, his, his concept and his technique and his way of thinking is absolutely incredible. And here's George with one of the best bands he ever put together with my old friend, and I sure miss him, Hilton Ruiz on piano, the great Sam Jones on bass, and Smiling Billy Higgins on drums. We're going to hear two George Coleman compositions. The first one is called New Arrival, and the second tune is called Blondie's Waltz. And they're both original compositions by Mr. Coleman. So, enjoy one of the great living masters of the tenor saxophone, the one and only George Coleman. Thank you. 
One of the great living tenor saxophonists today, George Coleman. And uh, this is from an album uh, called Amsterdam After Dark. As a matter of fact, I don't play you that tune. So, uh, once again, George Coleman on tenor saxophone, Hilton Ruiz on piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. The tunes we heard, um, first of all, were two Coleman compositions uh, called New Arrival was the first one, and Blondie's Waltz was the, uh, the beautiful, uh, the, the second one. So we're going to play you now um, the title track from this album because it's, uh, it's one of George's uh, mainstay compositions, and uh, why not? Let's hear it. Amsterdam After Dark. Thank <laughs> you. 
the title track from uh, this very fine album by tenor saxophonist George Coleman, and that was, of course, Amsterdam After Dark, with uh, Hilton Ruiz on piano, the late Hilton Ruiz, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. Actually, Mr. Coleman is the only surviving member of this um, band, and that was one of his great uh, working bands, and uh, George traveled all over the world with that uh, quartet. Amsterdam After Dark, yeah. We're going to play some blues for you this time. We played some of his music last week, and this is um, a live performance done at a club in Los Angeles called The Renaissance, and it was recorded in 1959, and it featured um, a great group of musicians here, Jerry Mulligan on baritone saxophone, the great Ben Webster on tenor saxophone, Jimmy Rolls on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass, and Mel Lewis on drums. But the singer, and he's the, he's the boss man here, Jimmy Witherspoon. And um, this is a tune, one of his tunes. He wrote this, but it's kind of timely for today, considering we live in the most expensive city in Canada. And everything's more expensive here no matter what it is, whether it's food, uh, clothing, anything. We, we pay more for everything here, gasoline, all that stuff. And um, so the first tune is uh, pretty timely, even though it was recorded many, many years ago. Uh, and we're going to follow that tune with a classic blues called the How Long Blues. And then we're going to move to one called Corina Corina written by Peter Chapman and Company. Peter Chapman, better known as Memphis Slim and Company. So there you go. All right. Jimmy Witherspoon and this incredible company of musicians. Here we go. Time's getting tougher than tough. That you may have read in the current issue of Esquire magazine, the Nat Hentoff article on the blues and jazz and the relationship between the two. In it, he mentions one particular man for his particular place in which in the field. And I'd like to introduce him to you now. Jimmy Witherspoon to sing the blues. Oh, music, dude. Got a whole lot of music.
Yeah, the great Jimmy Witherspoon, who always enjoyed working with the best jazz musicians. Uh, he felt that they brought out the best in him, and, and uh, he brought out some uh, really good stuff out of them, too. We, we heard Jerry Mulligan on the baritone saxophone. We heard Ben Webster on the tenor saxophone. We heard Jimmy Rolls on piano. We heard J Leroy Vinegar on bass and Mel Lewis on drums. And uh, those uh, tunes, those three tunes were recorded at the Renaissance, which is a, was a very fine jazz club in Los Angeles. Jimmy Witherspoon. The first tune was Times Getting Tougher Than Tough, written by Jimmy. Then the famous How Long Blues, written by Leroy Carr. And finally, uh, Memphis Slim's Corina, Corina, sung by James Witherspoon, wonderful blues singer. We're kind of going to stick with the bluesy stuff for the remainder of the show and play you some Gator Tail Jackson, Willis Jackson, big-sounding tenor saxophonist with Jack Macduff, brother Jack Macduff on the organ, Bill Jennings, a wonderful uh, straight-ahead guitar player, played left-handed guitar. Tommy Potter on bass and Alvin Johnson on drums. And we're going to hear, the first tune is called uh, Gator's Tale. And the second tune is called A Smooth One. And the final tune to close the show is called Cool Grits. Some soul southwestern jazz by Willis Gatortail Jackson.
We ended our show this evening with some pieces by Willis Gatortail Jackson, who was uh, born in 1932 and passed away in 1987. A fine tenor saxophonist, recorded a lot of albums for Prestige Records, and sort of had that uh, kind of R&B jazz feel in his playing. And uh, I guess we could call that uh, Southeastern jazz. Because that's where Willis was from, anyway. Southeastern United States, that is. Willis Jackson on tenor saxophone. Jack McDuff, brother Jack McDuff on the Hammond organ. Bill Jennings on guitar. And Tommy Potter on bass and Alvin Johnson on drums. We heard three tunes. Um, Gator's Tale was the first tune. And then uh, an old Benny Goodman favorite that he did with the sextet called A Smooth One. And the final tune was a, a nice, relaxed blues called Cool Grits. Willis Jackson. And so ends another edition. This was all recorded, by the way, in May of 1959 for Prestige Records. So ends another edition of The Jazz Show. We'd like to thank you very much, those of you that have uh, stayed with us uh, for the evening. And uh, maybe... Those of you that uh, joined us a little later on the show, hope you enjoyed what you heard. And we'll be back next week with another edition of The Jazz Show. Next week, a very challenging jazz feature. Militant, innovative, intense, angry, all that kind of stuff, and incredibly exciting music by the Max Roach Ensemble. This is from an album called It's Time, and it features the Max Roach Ensemble, 
with a 16-voice choir in a very innovative recording that Mr. Roach did back in the early 60s. That's going to be the jazz feature next week. Max Roach and company. And we'll hear people like Clifford Jordan, tenor saxophonist, Richard Williams, trumpeter, Julian Priester, and, of course, the incredible Max Roach on drums. And all of the tunes are all his compositions. So, join us on the uh, jazz feature and on the jazz show next week. My name's Gavin Walker. You have been listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We'll see you in seven days' time. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thank <laughs> you.